this week on the Happy Half Hour. This is not going to be anything like anything any either of us have experienced because this is basically a brand new team going into training camp this year. From coaching staff to players, obviously the Bryce Young pick has created so much excitement about the offense and what they're trying to create over there. But this is brand new. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gant. All right, everybody, welcome to the Happy Half Hour. It's uh, coming off summer break edition. Congratulations, summer break's over, and uh, we're about to go to school again. I'm Darren. Augusta's over here. Welcome back. Hello. Yes, take a good few trips this summer. I am well-rested, ready to roll. I was just thinking about when we walked in here, and we were like, oh, it's time for camp. It gets that song stuck in my head, that On the Road Again. I'm not going to sing it. But you know what I'm talking about? I can't wait to get on. You strike me as a big <laughs> Willie Nelson type. I've always guessed that yes, about you. Yes, my so. father loves him. He's not a big country music guy, but Willie Nelson gets him. So, Will, Willie yeah. transcends all genres. <laughs> Willie is a man of the people. He's one of all of us. So but Yeah, getting on the road again. ID5. On the road again. <laughs> it's under construction. It's also a chance to see one of my favorite sites in the whole wide world, the Peachoid in Gaffney. Yes. It'll change your life. Absolutely. I mean, I do some trips to Greenville these days, and and I every time I see it, I smile and I think about when I think we may have been filming a podcast or talking in the office my, before I started here, and I never driven by it before yep. I went to Spartanburg the first time. And now every time I see it, I get a big old grin. Yep, it means football season because every, every time I see that thing, and I I've kind of gotten to the point in my life where I'm beyond the uh, thrill seeking, the danger of trying to take cell phone pictures while driving. <laughs> Uh, Please don't I, do that. Yeah, I, I used to do that when I was a younger man. I've decided it's probably no longer wise. So I'll have to pull over to the side of the road and take that picture this year. So we'll we'll make sure that happens or somebody else is driving. Maybe I'll Uber to Spartanburg. I don't Ooh. know. Because uh, once you're down there, you're in a whole different world. So anyway, training camp coming up. And this is two of these for you. I mean, before we get into the football part of it, as you go into a second training camp, Augusto, what's the thing you you know is different now? What's the thing you learned a year ago in Spartanburg where it's like, oh, now I'm a veteran and I know to do this? Oh, my goodness. That's such a good question. Honestly, I think there's a rhythm to every day, and I'm less intimidated, if that's the right word. Because when I was going into it before, I think I have some friends that work in the league. I have a really good friend who actually does a similar job that we do for the Falcons. And I remember talking to her about it, and she didn't make it sound daunting, but she made it sound very serious. And I think if I were to mentor someone right now, going into my second year, I'd do the same thing. When you get down there, you get in the rhythm of things. There's something about training camp that I really, really like. It almost emulates a regular season vibe where you know exactly, you know, you'll go in, have a meeting, or at least this is how we did it last year. We'd go in, have a meeting, go out. You know, we'd, we'd stay at practice. We got hot. I remembered my big old water bottle, and that will return this year, just staying hydrated constantly. Um, get your interviews and then go immediately right and you get kind of in that rhythm and then you know things pop up here this is an awesome feature idea here we can do this I think knowing kind of what the general flow is going to be like opens me up to looking outside of the box a little bit more so that's what I'm most looking forward to understanding how it goes what the what the natural flow of traffic is so I can maybe get off on a couple exits there you go it's like I told you the other week you know the football coaches always say they expect the biggest jump in players from their first year to the second same with you now you know what you're doing you got this thing so we'll go well once we get down there 
we're looking at you, you know what the training camp routine is like, but this is not going to be anything like anything any either of us have experienced because this is basically a brand new team going into training camp this year from coaching staff to players. Obviously, the Bryce Young pick has created so much excitement about the offense and what they're trying to create over there, but this is brand new. I mean, there is very little to compare it to. It's hard to know what this camp's going to look like in, in terms of the way they're doing the work and what's going to come out of it because there's so many new parts. I mean, we've got we've got guesses we can make based on what we saw through the spring, but it, it's a lot of unknown commodities. One of the things, and you wrote about this earlier this summer, that I think probably bears watching is just the way they're putting this offense together. Yes. And, and from your conversations with Frank Reich and Thomas Brown – you kind of got a sense of what they're going for, but I think they both are still sort of wondering themselves a little bit too. Exactly. And one of the things from that conversation that I, I enjoyed and I appreciated, I think it was very real, uh, specifically when I was talking with Thomas Brown, he talked about how, and I think this will still be the case in training camp to a degree, but you know, you go in with these plans and it's pretty well laid out. You know the pieces that you have mm-hmm. together, but they are very flexible. I mean, on the field adjustments, you know, the second they come in, they're like, okay, we didn't like how this worked. Let's scrap this. Let's try this. It's not necessarily like, oh, let's completely overhaul or change something, but it's it's in a way where they're keeping it fluid. And I think you'll see a lot of that fluidity throughout camp where things could change, things could stay the same. But putting that offense together, man, I think between Thomas and Frank, you know, they had an idea of this. I, I, Thomas talks about it a lot, but, you know, we thought, you know, we break it down, maybe 50 here, 50 here, but there's nothing wrong with a 60-40 or 70-30 in certain concepts. And I think that's something that uh, they've both been very open about. Compromise is good, but also kind of you sit down, you make the playbook, you put the pieces together. When you see it out on the field, being flexible enough to to change it, maybe it looks completely different at some point, you know, during camp, before mm-hmm. camp. Um, just the fluidity and the flexibility of things. But, I mean, they were working from a base bare bones. Like, that's what Thomas Brown told me. He was like, I mean, we completely uprooted everything, and now they're kind of building it back up. But the way the pieces work, it's always different. And I think being open to that fluidity is something that is going to benefit them, just staying on their toes. No doubt. And and I was talking to Andy Dalton about this one morning at the coffee machine downstairs. And and Dalton's great for coffee machine conversations because he's – He's a gentleman of a certain vintage like myself, not quite like myself, but um, but Andy was talking, and he, I, I said, when are you going to know what this offense is going to look like? And and this was back in June, and he said, well, it ain't yet. Uh, you know, we're still working through it now. But he said it would continue to evolve over the course of training camp. So I think that's going to be one of the interesting things to see. We, you know, there are obviously – thematic things they want to do. It's going to be about Bryce Young spreading the ball around, getting it out quick. I think, you know, the last time we did this was back in June. We did the pew, pew, pew yes. sound effects. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what they're going for, but the specifics of what this thing's going to look like is is very much uh, up in the air. The other, the other thing that I think is really going to be interesting watching this come together is on the other side of the ball. I mean, defensively, there are so many questions, beginning with health, because a lot of the key guys on this defense, from Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, weren't out there for a lot of OTAs. So um, was talking to some folks downstairs. The news on those guys is all good. They should be working during training camp and, you know, back to health. What that means on day one, we'll see. But they, they are all in good position where – 
you know, they ought to be able to go, and that's going to be good because that thing is under construction as much as anything. Even though we know the pieces, we haven't seen them out there. Exactly, and we've talked a lot about kind of, you know, the complete upheaval of the offensive side of the ball. Pretty much when you look at that team, the only thing that's going to look the same is the line, Mm -hmm. and I don't think there's any issues with that. But then you go over the defense, like you said, the pieces are – Largely similar. I mean, you have Von Bell coming in, but but otherwise it's all pretty pretty much the the same type of guys. But then they're going learning this brand new system, and that's where I think that maybe there's so much focus right now on all the changes on offense, mm-hmm. just in terms of personnel. You have completely different guys. You have Bryce Young, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and it's like very obvious. But then you go over here, and it's like, well, yes, it's the same guys, but it's not going to look the same, and they yeah. know that. And I, it's very interesting talking with uh, some of the guys I talked to during mini camp. We used to walk off and like just talk to them right after practice, and it wasn't. There was no shell shock, but it was one of those things where it's like they're fully aware that they're learning, mm-hmm. and it's completely different. And, I, I mean, I think that's one of those transitions with, with EJ. I think we haven't – we've talked about it, but because of all the stuff on the offense is so in your face with, like, different personnel. And then, like you said, with the health, I mean, I was just thinking about the corners. I mean, you have Dante. He needs to come back. J.C., C.J. Henderson, who who else? Like, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, so thin. It's it it's definitely something that would be a concern if those two guys weren't coming back. Exactly, I mean, so exactly. When you looked out there during the OTAs, and it's like, oh, okay, there's C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor. Yeah. And then it thinned out after that again. So yeah. it's um yeah, I mean that's something I think they're going to be looking at, but it probably it's probably not the panic I think a lot of people on the outside might think it is mm-hmm. because they have a pretty good idea about Dante's condition, about J.C.'s condition. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, that's that's going to be a concern, obviously, depth-wise and trying to figure out who that fourth, fifth guy is and can you find contributors somewhere else. But the thing about Averro that's fascinated me is – Yes, he's converting a 4-3 defense into a 3-4. Yes, that means some changes. They had to go get new linemen just so mm-hmm. they can line up. Uh, Burns is going to be standing up now, playing outside linebacker. He's got that cool number zero now. <laughs> um, but they've got – there's a little bit of mad scientist bit going on because he's taken a couple of guys in particular and sort of turning them into something they've never actually been – and when you think about Frankie Louvu and Jeremy Chin, those two guys are playmakers. That is the thing they've done. They've gotten around the ball. They've created turnovers. They've made impact plays. But Frankie's never exactly done this inside linebacker in a 3-4 thing. Jeremy Chin has never really done this mostly nickel thing. And they're going to move both of those guys around. I, I think when they – we've talked a lot about – who that other outside linebacker opposite Burns is going to be, you know, and that's a degree of concern going into training camp. But they're kind of making up for that some by putting Frankie in positions where he's rushing the passer, and that's a thing he's shown to be good at. Uh, They're going to move Jeremy around. He's going to be closer to the line of scrimmage. But as you mentioned with Von Bell coming in to start at safety, that kind of frees him up to move around. And, I mean, I know you talked to Jeremy about that too. Mm -hmm. This is – He's done a lot of different stuff already in a young career, but this is another big transition for him. Exactly, and I was just thinking about my conversation with him. He really did seem confident, like he was in a clear-headed good space whenever, you know, because he's one of those guys that you look at it, and like you said, like, I mean, his role could be 
very, very different. And and he was one of the one of the least rattled, or I guess rattled isn't the word, but he seemed just very sure of yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Excited about it, about a different opportunity. I I really like, and I think we've talked about it on the pod before, but what you just mentioned about bringing in Von Bell and it almost frees up to put Jeremy in that kind of nickel everything kind of role which is somewhere I think he could succeed because he has the tools for it and then you're not really losing anybody on the back end because bringing in Von Bell I think that's a very underrated acquisition I was watching a lot of Bengals when he was over there um back in my old job I just he's a he's a local guy grew up from where I grew up so I've watched him for a while I think he's really really solid and he's older but I don't think a lot of people really talk about how good that is not only does it free up Jeremy Chin but I think he's a potential to have a really really good season he's a he's a veteran guy he has a different kind of attitude as we've seen but but I, I I'm just really excited about him I've, I've paid a lot of attention to him throughout the years Von, so. Von's got a certain je ne sais quoi what do you what do the kids call it is it edgy is that is that a fair way to describe Von I, I think gruff might be a little too far but he's definitely got some of that I know what I'm here to do. I know what you're here to do. I'm going to tell you that kind of vibe. I mean, it's I mean, it's leadership in a, in short, but he definitely brings a different energy to a bunch of young people around Wildly him. Wildly mature. Yeah. That's what I was thinking cuz like you mentioned that defense is young. You bring him in there, it's very different. Yeah. I mean, when <laughs> you talk about young, I mean, even Brian Burns is a veteran of this crowd, Burns is 25. So it, it's still a very, very young group, and it's going to be interesting to see how it comes together. The whole the whole thing is. But a uh, lot of other stuff going on. It's kind of it's one of those things we joke about summer's over. We've crammed a lot of stuff into the last couple months. The other, the other big announcement um, over the last couple of weeks has been Hall of Honor. Yep. Julius Peppers, Musin Muhammad, welcome to the Hall of Honor. I know, you know, I was around covering these guys when they were being drafted and playing the first time through, and talking to them through this process has been wild because it, you tap into some of those memories and you see how guys change over time. One of the things I kind of wonder, and I and I joke with you about being young and coming to this thing new, but when you walk in the door, what were the memories or what kind of was the impression you had of Julius and Moose? Oh my goodness. So I think the biggest thing, it's something that we've we've talked about. I actually remember the first time I was near Julius Peppers in person. It was when we were in LA and he was he was on the sidelines and he was with his family. I mean, the kind of guy, I think it's my perspective is different, and uh, your Pepper's story explained this so well, but back in the day, you know, he wasn't the type to, to really talk a lot. He was very kind of kind of not, I just, you know, I think the air of all of that, it's, it's, it's funny when you come in and you've already seen the evolution of these things, you just see kind of mature, veteran, historic. It feels like, you know, very, I'm trying to think of the word for it, like that Hall of Honor word where you're just like, it, it's, it feels powerful, yeah. I think. But it's really cool, I mean, to see. I, I was obviously not around uh, or very conscious in the late 90s. Um, <laughs> I was reading your story uh, to come on Muhammad, and uh, there were some references to before I was born. Yeah, so, But yeah, it's funny, yeah. when you see it from the perspective of you saw the evolution, and to me they've always been kind of those big figures. So it's really cool to think about the, the you know, oh, when they came in they were stars, and they had all this, but then you see what they were able to do. So it wasn't like, you know, a, a faded star. It was a star that kept going on. Right. And so you have that kind of – but it, for me, that was the way it always was. So you yeah. got to see the the shooting, and I only saw the shine. It's it, it's such a neat 
um, it's a neat confluence of events having these two guys come in at the same time because the fact that they went away and came back and and being here when each of them came back, you see how different they were. I mean, for Moose – Moose left a star. He left Mm -hmm. at the top of his game. He was only gone for three years, but then when he came back, he thought he was just coming back to be Ricky Prohl. Mm -hmm. He thought he was just coming back to be a mentor, maybe play on third down, stuff like that. Moose produced at a really high level in 2008 when that offense was clicking. And same with Julius. I mean, Julius comes back in after almost a decade away (laughs) and puts up 11 sacks at 37, 38 years old. And – you realize at that point how special these guys were because the one thing I've learned in doing this for a minute is anybody can, I mean, athletes can be great for a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. The people who are able to do it for 14, 15, 16, 17 years, that takes a different quality. It takes good fortune and it takes good health, but to be in position to, you know, still be contributing at that advanced age in a young man's game says something about what these guys put in. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you, I've read it in a lot of, uh, again, I read, I'm reading the stories beforehand. That's the privilege of working for the team website. But um, I wanted to ask whenever both of those guys came back, I don't know if it's like a compare and contrast, but what I guess were some of your biggest memories from, you know, I mean, like you mentioned, Moose wasn't gone that long. Right. Peppers was gone for a minute. It's going to be very different when they come back. But what what was that like for, like, you know, walking in through the doors again? Where's their role going to be? Like you said, Moose thought he had a completely different role. He ended up being the guy again. Just kind of tell me tell me about your yeah. recollections because I think that would be a really fascinating well, thing to live it, through. And it's, and it's so funny because the Moose story inevitably becomes partially about Steve Smith Mm -hmm. because Moose kind of groomed young Steve Smith and Steve didn't always realize it and may not have always received it in the way it was intended or maybe you think it should have been, but he realizes now. I mean, Steve said earlier this offseason, without Moose, there is no Smitty. And seeing that sort of flip, I mean, Moose was the guy when Steve was a rookie who didn't know if he was going to make it in the NFL, thought he might just be a punt returner or whatever. I mean, Steve always thought he'd be somebody, but nobody else really did for a couple of years. You know, when he comes back, you know, those roles have flipped. Now he is unquestionably one of the brightest stars in the NFL. Moose is coming back in a supporting role. So seeing those two kind of work together and change roles over the years was always interesting. With Julius, I mean, he just – he carries himself. I mean, you were kind of talking about seeing him in L.A. He's just got this aura about him. There is a largeness to Julius Peppers beyond his physical stature. I yeah. mean, A, people his size aren't supposed to be able to move the way he moved as a player. But B, just that presence that he had watching the other guys. I mean, they always talk about so-and-so is an alpha. Thomas Davis and Alpha, Luke Keekley's an Alpha. When Julius Peppers walked in a room with those guys, they kind of deferred. I mean, they're looking at him like, tell us what to do. Yeah. And so for guys who are so respected by others, for guys who are viewed the same way by other people, I mean, Julius is just next level. So I'm sure uh, it, it's going to be a neat weekend. Uh, October 29th. Uh, home game against the Texans. He'll be honored at halftime of that one. There's going to be events around the whole thing, and we'll have a lot more about that at Panthers.com this week and as we go into the fall. But uh, 
that's just one of the things. So what else you got? What else are you looking forward to? Me? Yep. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's think. So we have training camp. I love everything about – I'm not even lying. This is going to sound facetious, but I love everything about Spartanburg. I think it's a fun place to go for two or three weeks. Um, joint practices with the Jets, and that will be on hard knocks. Yeah, I've thought that's going to be a, a whole lot. thing. I've thought about that a lot. When that popped up on my feed, the first thought I thought was, oh, my goodness. I love the Wofford cameo. I love it for Wofford. I think Wofford's great. I, I had nothing but a great experience there. I saw beautiful sunsets. I saw a couple rainbows, you know, little things like that. But that's going to be cool. I mean, knowing that we the Panthers were going to do joint practices with the Jets, first of all, with everything going on over there, that's spicy. That's exciting. And then now it's going to be – on the NFL's like big old show. Yeah, you don't seem as excited as this I do. is. Well, you know, <laughs> having been to the circus a time or two in the past, um, it's one thing when New York rolls in, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and when Aaron Rodgers and New York roll in, yep. and when Aaron Rodgers and New York and NFL films <laughs> together. It's going to be – that might be the peak population of Spartanburg at, at any one point in the last hundred years. I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely going to be a scene. Yeah. I know that. And I think that's awesome for Spartanburg. Like, I just – again, I had nothing but a great time. I like the little restaurants. I like the little places you can go get a drink later. Like, I just – I thought it was a nice little place to be for two or three weeks. And, and I love it. And it's, it's funny. You mentioned it. It feels like almost like a different timeline. Like, it feels like – I mean, it reminds me of when I went to high school band camp. You know what I mean? We did this. We did a very similar thing where we went off to Jacksonville State yep. University up in Alabama or down in Alabama, two and a half hours away. You know, we all are kind of together for a week. It doesn't feel like real life. You know, you're living in this mode. Mm. I I liked it. I mean, you know, it's 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 like a like a little an offshoot of life and all the fans. I think that's always really exciting. The autographs. Yeah. I'm a I'm a sucker for stuff like that. So I know the fans are super excited. I love all the content we're able to get. I just I really like training camp for what it is, and it's hot and it's sweaty and you're tired. But for for what it is, is like a spectacle for the fans. I mean, it's going to be even more of a spectacle toward the end with the joint practices. I just think yeah. it's really fun, and I'm excited for the experiences of it to see it again. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I talked to Frank Reich and Dom Capers about training camp in 1995, mm. and let me tell you. Spartanburg is not the same city they had training camp in in 1995. I mean, there are, you know, it's funny listening to you talk about Spartanburg because you've only seen new Spartanburg. I mean, you've seen shiny Spartanburg. (laughs) There's stuff to do there. There are restaurants, plural. There are places you can walk. And, you know, that, that used to not be the case. I remember, you know... If you wanted a sandwich and a beer after a night practice in Spartanburg in 1997 or 1998, you ended up at a Miami Subs next to the interstate. I remember Tom Sorensen walking in and asking for a wine, and they said, what's that? Um, It's, you know, Spartanburg has changed. There are hotels, plural, um, all kind of stuff. It truly is a garden spot, and I believe the center of the universe. Absolutely. I mean, I just— It will be for two and a half weeks anyway. Definitely, definitely. I mean, all eyes locked in. I think it's an exciting training camp for a million reasons. There's so many—I mean, we hadn't even talked about the elephant in the room, but it's like, oh, will Bryce perform? Everyone's going to have so many eyes locked in on Bryce. And, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, you and me, but it's like you can't forget it. Obviously, Bryce is here. There's so much else going on. Bryce, the, the whole Bryce storylines are always going to be very saturated. But it is interesting. And, you know, that first pad practice, I remember that like, from mm-hmm. last year. Huge deal. Very exciting day. It was raining last year, I remember, on the yep. first pad practice. 
Will we get so lucky again for those photos? Who we, knows? We will see. It made for good content. There's a lot of more good content coming. As you said, we'll be on Bryce Watch <laughs> very, very soon. Bryce reports to camp. Uh, rookies report on Saturday. Veterans report on Tuesday. First practice on Wednesday. I'm ready. And here we are. The 2023 <laughs> football season has begun. <laughs> Feels like the last one just ended, but here we are. So, at any rate. That'll cover us for this week on the Happy Half Hour. We're going to get back on our regular schedule here again soon now that camp's going. But we appreciate you guys joining us, and we will catch you from Spartanburg.